the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Why do we praise the Lord? What are some of the reasons that we can come up with for praising the Lord? Well, let's talk about that today, here on Truth For Today. Valley Bible Church in Hercules, this is Truth For Today with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. Welcome to our broadcast. We're in 2 Chronicles today, focusing in on chapter 20 and verse 12, a message called, Why We Praise the Lord. There are many reasons to give God glory and to praise Him, and we'll take a look at a couple of them here today. Won't you join us? Again, 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 12. That's where we catch up with Pastor Phil Howard on today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Second Chronicles chapter 20, a marvelous story of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was a man of God. He made a mistake by going to battle with Ahab, and later he went to battle with another king of Israel, and uh, God was displeased with that. Uh, don't make those alliances, but he loved God. He's the king of Judah. The two tribes, they're in Jerusalem. All of a sudden, the Ammonites and the Moabites, who were the incestuous children of Lot. Lot, after he fled out of Sodom, his daughters got him drunk. They had sex, and two uh, children were born, one Moab, the other Ammon. They became ancient enemies of Israel. Even when Israel wanted to get food and water when they were on the Exodus march, They asked them, we'll pay you for the food, we'll pay you for the water. And these tribes, they said, no way, we hate you, we're not for you. So they attack, and they come upon them. They have a vast army, little Judah, doesn't have a chance, they're outnumbered. The odds are against them, and Jehoshaphat knows it immediately. And he says to them, hey, we're outnumbered, verse 3 Alarm, Jehoshaphat says to the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast. We need the help of God or these people are going to eliminate us. A vast army is coming against you from Edom. And who is Edom? Edom, the book of Obadiah was written to rebuke Edom. Edom is Esau, another antagonistic kinsman of Israel. And where did Esau come from? Ishmael. Family rivalry. Pain. Distraught. But they've got an army. We're going to eliminate Judah. We're going to wipe them off the map. We've got a vast army. We've got the goods. We've got the army. And so all of a sudden, the human leader, the king, he said, wow, we're over our neck in trouble. I don't know how to get us out. What should I do? Look at the personal response of this leader. 
Because, you know, the way we think of leaders, you're supposed to get us out of the mess. Right? And so here's Jehoshaphat. And this is how he responds. He inquired of the Lord, verse 3. He tells Judah, we need to seek help from the Lord. And they often did not do this. As we see in the case of Hezekiah, they would buy protection. They would make alliances with Egypt. Isaiah keeps telling Judah, why are you running to Egypt for help? Egypt can't deliver you. Don't rely on other nations. Rely on me. And this is exactly what he does. We sought help from the Lord. They came from every town in Judah to seek him. What a marvelous, marvelous response to a problem you can't handle. Let me ask you what you do about your problems you can't handle. Where do you run? And whether you know it or not, we are outnumbered. Did you know what? I've got demonic forces opposing this church and opposing my marriage, opposing the salvation of my grandchildren, opposing your family. There is demonic forces at work in this world. The devil's having a heyday. I cannot tell you how many people hate what we're doing. They hate our gospel. They hate our Christ. They hate our worldview. They hate the fact that we're creationists. They hate the fact that we believe Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. There's not a thing we can do in this church to be politically correct. Because we actually are out to resolve the gospel starvation of the Bay Area. The Bay Area is starving for the gospel. Start. They don't know it. They don't know it. They're filling their lives with sex, drugs, liberalism, and hate for Christ. If we got rid of religion, we'd get rid of our problems. Because all religion does is make you fight. No, 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 no. Christ came that you might have peace, but he said, I also came to bring a sword. I will divide mother from children and children because the loyalty to Christ is to be above every loyalty. So they inquire of the Lord. And what happened? Listen to his response. He stands up to pray. This is the way and the categories we ought to pray for. Listen to what he says. So he gets before the people of Judah and Jerusalem. And he starts praying. Uh, uh, You don't like this uh, at all. You're going to think it's super spiritual. But the measure of your maturity is your ability to pray. Really, just think of that. The measure of your uh, maturity is when you ask people to pray, if you just hold off, be quiet, don't just listen to them, you'll find out their depth. For instance, I'll hear people say, Lord, 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 we thank you, Lord, and Lord, we thank you, Lord. I said, mm, they don't get it. He doesn't want to be called Lord. He said, call me Father. Well, what's the difference? The difference is, he said, say, our Father. How many people can call me Father in this world? A lot of them when they want money. But I mean legitimately. I got three. I got three. Only three people can call me legitimately their Father. How many people can call God Father? All of his children. You're in, you get refrigerator rights with God when you get saved. That means you can access his resources anytime. And I tell you, my kids know that. My grandchildren especially. I asked Carolyn, where's that ice cream? Well, the grandchildren came by. 
Well, you tell those little brats, they got to replenish the ice cream. <laughs> replenish the food. No, no, they're grandchildren. It's not my fault. You had them. Well, confessing family sins here and attitudes. But, but look, God says, call me Father. Pray to me. Now listen to this man pray. Lord, the God of our ancestors. They didn't get to call him Father in the Old Testament, by the way. That moved up in the New Testament. They called him Jehovah. And this word here, Lord, by the way, was the unique name given to Moses in Exodus 3. It was the name for Israel, the Yahweh covenant-keeping God. Not just Elohim, any God, but the covenant-keeping God that keeps covenant with Abraham. We're talking to you, the God of our ancestors. Are you not the God who is in heaven? Don't you rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might don't belong to Edom. They don't belong to Moab. It doesn't belong to the devil. It doesn't belong to those who've got my kids who are fighting for my marriage. All power belongs to you. No one can withstand you. He believed in a sovereign God that was in charge. And once you don't, if you ever lose that kind of God, it's over. There's no hope. Did you know our God is in charge of every nation? Did you know God determined how many days Putin's going to get to live? He's already got Trump's death day figured out. And he's got yours figured out. Let's don't go too heavy on them because we're included. God's got everything figured out. He's even numbered the hair on your head. He knew you'd go bald. He knew what hair you'd have. There's nothing about you. He said, I know when every sparrow falls to the ground. No, no, you can't know that much. I know every. Our God is not impotent. He's omnipotent. He has all power, all wisdom, all strength. He is the sovereign God that he says, hey, uh, this this invasion won't go any further than I allow. He ran north. He didn't run down to Egypt. Because Isaiah 30 said, you've made an alliance with death. You're depending on Egypt, which is that broken reed that will pierce your hand. And you're trusting in the chariots and horses. Egypt was famous for horses. He said, I don't deliver by horses or chariots. I deliver by my own strength. He goes on and he prays. Uh, uh, our God did not drive out the inhabitants of this land. D- or did you not drive them out? And didn't you give this land to Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear and save us. This is exactly what Solomon prayed. We built you a temple. And in this temple, we celebrate your presence. What we need, Lord, they're coming to kill us in Judah. Destroy our temple where we hang out and worship you. Did you not give us this land through Abraham? Did we not under Solomon build you a place where we don't have to be ashamed among all the heathen nations to say our God lives in a majestic temple and we come into his presence? 
I'm counting on you, sovereign God. I want your presence. Let me ask you this. Why did we build these buildings? To adore them and worship them? Or a place to meet where we could preach, enjoy his presence, enjoy adoring him? We come together together as the living temple that we may worship him. I don't care if it's a warehouse. I don't care if it's a tent. Thank God he gave us more than a tent. Let's worship him in this place. Let's celebrate his presence. Let's celebrate his goodness. We're not in love with buildings. We're going to leave them behind. I won't miss it a bit. And I won't miss my house. My treasures are somewhere beyond the blue. I'm just traveling through. Just traveling through. Well, uh, then he goes on to say, You spared these people when we went through their land. And now they're repaying us. Then he says in verse 12, Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. Is it ever right for leadership to say we don't have the wisdom or the power to know the next step? I can't hear you. Do you ever pray that we would make the right decision? Or just critical, critical of the decisions we made? Hey, we're mere men. Church leadership, you know the scariest thing about it? They're just sinners like you. Some of you can't plan a vacation without a family feud. (laughs) And then we're supposed to plan a menu and a direction for a thousand people. We got all kinds of people claim us. Only so many show up. But to say... Everybody will like the decision. Everybody will like the direction. Everybody will. It's a challenge. We need wisdom from above. We need humility to admit we don't know everything. The humility to admit we don't have the strength to defeat the enemy. We're totally dependent just like you. It's a death. That's why I see the more accomplished that some men are, they can't stand church work because it's not like running a company, honey. We're fighting greater forces than you ever fought in your company. We're fighting the devil for our families, for our children, for our marriages, for the Bible to be preached, for men not to steal the money, for them not to mess around. Oh, I, I just moved by the challenges we have constantly to stand and represent Christ as he deserves. It is a challenge. Pray for us. Pray for us. Our help must come from the Lord. I've got grandchildren that I've been praying for. I expect they should have been saved by now. I want them saved. I don't want to play church. I'm not running a little franchise for Jesus. I want to see Jesus saved. I'm going to see lives change. I'm not about running a corporation. That all came with the gospel. All these buildings, all you precious people, all this money. It came when somebody just preached the word and God brought you. God brought you. And we thank God he did. Some been with us 40 some odd years. They know when we offered them nothing but the Bible and Christ. Nothing else. So he prays. And how does God respond? The Spirit of the Lord moved upon a prophet. And the prophet brought a word to the king and the people. And he said, 
Listen, King Jehoshaphat, verse 15, and all that live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Are you there? You might not. Listen to this. What would you do if God said this to you? Do not be afraid. Well, he must not have lived in 2018. Everybody's afraid. What's going to happen? What school's going to be shot up next? Don't be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. Why not? When you call Jehoshaphat, why don't you make a peace deal right now? You don't have a chance. And the word of the Lord says, you prayed, you've asked for help, now I've got a word to you. And you know what? Throughout the Bible, he tells Joshua, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged, be strong. I was just telling the leaders, and I was talking with my wife, all over the Bible, he tells leaders, be strong, be of good courage, I am with you. And I said, I'm baffled by that because sometimes in the midst of discouragement and dealing with my fears, I'm saying, God, you told me to be strong. What do I do? I'm strong. Oh, I just spoke myself into strong. How do you do that? I'm strong. You said be strong. Wait, what is it? Maybe it's the Word of God with the Spirit of God says, I want to infuse my strength in you if you'll quit being conquered by your fears. If you will make your fears subordinate to your God. I feel incompetent. I feel weakness. I feel lack of strength in the Christian life. Every aspect of it. And he said, if you look to me, and you, if you'd count on my strength, we don't know what to do, but we're looking to you in verse 12. He said, I will pour into you strength, courage, and power. And if you want an example, come on. How many of you would start a church with 11 bumbling, fumbling, failing disciples? We talk about transition plans here. And said we were praying with some elders yesterday. I thought, Jesus' transition plan was, I'm going to leave my church to 11 men that have denied me, run out on me, and failed. But I'm going to take them to an upper room, and I'm going to give them some fresh power they've never experienced. And it will overcome their fears, overcome their cowardice. Did he not do it? You've never read the book of Acts. If you can't amen that, read the book of Acts and see what he did with a bunch of cowards that God empowered. And he says, the word of the Lord came to Joe. Don't be afraid, but I'm waiting for him to say, and go out and buy some swords. You know, I don't mind trusting God, but come on. What's wrong with packing if they're threatening you? A lot of us like to help God eliminate the enemy. Listen to what he says. For the battle is not yours. Wait, 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 wait. For the battle, well, what, God, they're right out there in the backyard. He said, the battle is not yours. I've taken on this battle. You ask for my help? Well, I'm going to take it over. And I got different war tactics. Now watch this. Watch this. They, he said, tomorrow march down against them. They will be climbing up the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position. Stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord will give you Judah and Jerusalem. 
Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. It will the Lord take on the battles in your life. You know what's amazing to me about this verse? I've never seen it before. He said, the battle is mine. I want you to do one thing. I want you to get in the right position. Right position? What's that got to do with? He said, I want you out there standing, kneeling. Just get in the position. Act like soldiers, even though you know the Lord's got to do the fighting. And I ask myself, are you in the right position? Am I in the right position? What position are you in? I found out being on my knees is one of the best positions. I get more fighting done on my knees than I do any other way. I know another position, Ephesians 6 says, Have you done all to stand? Stand. Just, just stand. Say, you act like you're a soldier. I'm just in my position. Wait, you, you don't have a chance. I know, but my captain said, be on guard. Stand. Stand. And you know what? A lot of folks have left their position. They've left church. They've left God. They're mad about something. God can't win any battles through you until you get in the right position. You remember what he said to Nehemiah? Nehemiah, the wall is broken. And we need to rebuild the wall, the city that was devoted to God. Guess what he did in Nehemiah 3? He said, I'll tell you, we'll do it this way. I want every household to rebuild the wall next to their house. Nehemiah 3. Let me ask you, first of all, are you in the right position in your home? Who's running your house? Tech? Phone? TV? Absentee father, a dad married to a job, has no time to train another generation. Kids are messy. Who wants to train them? Until they become hoodlums and it's too late. They've already chosen their path. Oh, you got to get them in all the athletic sports. Get them all there. See if they learn anything about God playing baseball. And I watch the game. I even wore my warrior shirt, so don't talk to me about loyalty. I salute them. But they can't save my grandchildren. I said they can't save my grandchildren. Any family altar? Any prayer? Anybody teaching them how to give? Ron showed me the audit here the other day of a couple in this church. Show me what their kids give to this church. Show me what the kids. One, One was 16. One was a little bit older. Said, look at that. They give more regular than 150 of our members. What is it? I said, they've been taught in the home. The youth group can't have any more influence than a dad and a mom. Are you in the right position for God to win the battle? If you'll get in the right position, if you'll take a stand for Jesus Christ, and if you'll be a praying mother, a praying dad, a Bible-believing couple, let me tell you, the Lord will win the battle. The Lord will fight for you. The Lord will fight for you. The Lord will fight for you. I want to do that movie. I want to go to the war room. The battle is won in the war room or it's lost. God has not died. He hasn't quit being sovereign. He's looking for us to get in the right position. 
And that will conclude our time today here on Truth For Today from Valley Bible Church in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. As we close out our broadcast, we would invite you to join us for worship here at Valley Bible Church, and we would also invite you to stop by our website and take advantage of added resource materials we've made available through this ministry. You see, as we come to you on a daily basis, it's our hope and desire that you grow in Christ, that you find yourself sustained by His grace through the teaching and preaching of His Word. Along those lines, we've created Truth For Today Radio, which is a website that contains a lot of other extracurricular resource materials that you can add to your relationship with Christ as you seek to grow in Him. We also have information about who we are, what we believe, and worship opportunities at Valley Bible Church, where this broadcast originates, here in Hercules. We have directions, we have service times, all of it. It's available at truthfortodayradio.org. If you would like to contact us by phone, you're welcome to do so at 855-833-9864. Again, that's 855-833-9864. As always, you're welcome to write to us. The address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. We would also ask you to prayerfully consider partnering with us, not just prayerfully, but financially as well, as this broadcast and the many resource materials available along with it are available as you link arms with us financially and prayerfully. Our goal and desire is to minister to the greater Bay Area, and we can do that more and more as you link arms with us, again, financially and prayerfully. No gift is too small, no gift is too large. And whether it's a one-time gift or monthly gift, it's all appreciated, and your prayers even more so. Reach us at truthfortodayradio.org or call 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.